0: We're happy that you're here, we're excited that you're here. I want to take just a moment and do a couple of things before we get into the message portion of the service today. I wanna do this, we love to do this every year and every time we get the opportunity, but if you have served in any area of the military ever doing anything, will you stand? Do we have any people here that have served our country? Come on, can we put our hands together? It's just a, it's a small a small way that we can say that we love and appreciate you guys and thank you for what you've done so that we can be here. Come on, do we live in the greatest country in the world or what? Where we can, we can be <laughs> Come on, we can be we can be standing here in this building today, worshiping our God because of the country we live in. And there are people all around the world that don't have this privilege or they're trying to do it in secret because of things that could happen to them if they were caught worshiping God. And it's just crazy when you think about that. We take it for granted so many times. Another thing that I want to let you know about, I'm excited about this news, and uh, some of you have, have kind of heard this along the way, and some of you had no idea that this was in the works. But as of this past week, this past Thursday, uh, as you know, I'll start by saying this, as you know, Impact Church, we have, we started in September 2016, and the church has been growing. We've gone to two services, and it's just been incredible what God has been doing. And we've been portable all this time. And so we we get here, people. I mean, people get here at 630 every Sunday to set up for church so that, so that, that everybody can come in, experience the presence of God, that we have a great environment for adults and kids and all of that good stuff. And I'm excited to tell you that as of this last week, this last Thursday, we closed on uh, some property and some buildings that are going to be our permanent location. So there's still a lot of work to be done. We have to transform everything into a church uh, that we have just bought. And so we want you to be praying with us. Uh, we do have an, an opportunity. We have people every single weekend and every single month that, that give above and beyond even their tithe you know to, to go toward that project. And so if you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to do that, we always welcome that. Uh, But we're just excited about what God's doing in our church. We're excited about the growth. We're excited about lives being changed more than anything. Come on, just, just people. I believe this year alone, we're five months into the year, and we've had 17 people give their life to Jesus for the first time. And God is doing God is doing some pretty incredible things in our church, and we're excited that you're a part of it and that you're here today. And so we wanted to let you know about that. We'll be setting up some different things where you can get more information, and we're in the process now of having plans drawn up and what that's going to look like, and so hopefully in the near future you'll be able to see kind of what what you have to look forward to as a church body uh, in, in the years to come, all right? So we are excited about that, and last week we began a brand new series that we called snapshot snapshot and we last week we talked about the holy spirit we talked about what what the holy spirit does for us and in us and who he is really because a lot of us there's a misunderstanding and a misconception or the wrong perception of who the holy spirit is and do we need him in our lives you know all of those things the gifts and all of those things and so we kind of introduced The Holy Spirit to everyone and and kind of how he helps us and he wants to be our friend and he's not weird and you know all of those things If you did not if you're not here last week and I encourage you to either go on our podcast or uh, On Facebook and look that up watch the message from last week listen to the message from last week I believe it'll be a blessing to you and what we're doing in this series is we're taking different areas of our lives different areas of our faith And we're taking a snapshot of it and saying let's focus on this one thing for a weekend And let's talk about it and let's try to understand it better. Let's talk about this area of our lives maybe that we don't quite understand or we don't quite get or, you know, like we mentioned last week, we have in our church, we have so many different backgrounds and and denominational backgrounds and I love that about our church that we're all coming together just in the name of Jesus, amen? You know, not, not worried about, well, you know, what, like, well, how did you grow up and how did you grow up and how did you grow up? No, we just love Jesus and we want to see lives change and we want to impact a city, amen? And I love that about our church but... But with that comes some things that maybe uh, we have different viewpoints on or uh, we understand differently or that some of us may not understand these things at all, or maybe you're new to church and this is the first church you've ever attended. And so we're taking these areas and we're trying to break them down a little bit and help us understand what they are and how they impact our lives. And today as we continue this series, I want to look at uh, I want you to look at the person. I need you to help me uh, to introduce the title of the message today. Come on, can you are you ready to participate today? Are you ready to shout me down? Come on, I preach way better when you amen and you say, you know, say what? And you know, all the, <laughs> come on, it gets it gets really good in here whenever you whenever you participate, all right? So I need you to look at the person next to you and I need you to help announce the title of my message today. I need you to look at and them, tell him, them, say, you look nice today, but there's something you need to know. Come on, here it is. Tell him you're a control freak. God <laughs> Maybe you need to, maybe now you're looking at a person and thinking, man, I man, I looked at the wrong person. I need to look at the person on the other side of me, and I need to, like, I didn't look at my husband. I need to look at my husband this time and tell him he's a control freak, right? We're going to talk for just a few minutes on the subject I've titled today's message Control Freak, and have you ever, have you ever had a bad habit or or something that was Something that you did, and it doesn't even have to be like really that bad, but something that you were trying to quit. Something you were trying to get rid of. Something you were trying to quit doing. Something you were trying to, you know, it's like, I'm trying to get rid of this thing, but you you kept going back to it. It's like, I, I'm trying to get past it, but I keep going back. I'm trying to move on, but I keep going back. I know that I need to be doing something different, but I keep going back. And it could just be a thing, it could be a habit, it could even be an addiction uh, they're like, man, we could go through a list of all things that we're addicted to as human beings, and especially in the United States of America. Come on, we're addicted to our phones. Can I get an amen? Like, if I forget my phone when I come to church, something like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm completely lost right now because I do not have my phone. Like, somebody's gonna call me on a Sunday morning at 9:45 or 10:15 or whatever, trying to get a hold of me or send me a text when they know what I'm doing. But it's like, I gotta, you, you just gotta have, you just gotta fill it in your back pocket, right? You know we're addicted to so many things, and I don't know what your thing is, but here's one thing that we've been told: we've been told that we're we're free from sin. But why do we keep going back? You, you get what I, you get where I'm going. We've been told, and if you grew up in church at all, you've been told, hey, when you receive Jesus, you know Jesus sets you free, and 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 when He sets you free, you're free indeed. But how many even you know some of us do we don't choose to walk in it? like we we understand it's like I, okay I understand that I'm free from my sin but I keep going back to it and why do I keep going back to the things that I'm supposed to be free from it's like I love this 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 picture of of it's like a person who spent so long in chains that when the door to their cell was opened they ran out in joy and then kept and then came crawling back a couple weeks later it's like you've been you've been locked up in prison and then Jesus set you free and you come running out because you're excited. I mean, you're just you're you're pumped like God God has set me free and it's only a matter of time for most of us before we kind of start crawling back into the prison. Why do we do that? Why do we why do we why do we run out like we're so excited, like whoo, God set me free. I love that he's changing my life. I love what he's doing, transforming me from the inside out. And then a little bit of time goes by and it's like we find ourselves back in the same situation and we're thinking, why am I here? Why am I why am I back in the same thing that I was fighting so hard to get out of? And when I finally got set free from it, I came crawling back to the same thing. Why do we do that? I believe part of it is because it's comfortable. I believe part of it is because it's normal for us. Come on, maybe you've been there so long or that was your lifestyle for so long or that was a thing that you did for so long that to be out of it you almost feel weird. Like this is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. These are the people that I was always hanging around. This is this is the life that I, that I always lived and I don't really know how to do anything else. And so you find yourself back in the same spot and in big things and small things it's like we're sitting in tiny jail cells with the doors pried open but we're only slowly inching our way out like Jesus has opened the door but we're kind of you know we're we're out and then we're in and then we're kind of like slowly creeping our way out and then we crawl back in and 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 I want to talk about this today because I think that this word this word maybe you've heard it before but this word freedom I think there's more to it than what we think, like, well, well, Jesus set me free and bless God and I'm free and I got freedom, but you got to understand, it's a daily, it's a daily thing. Like, when Jesus set you free, you're free, but you got to wake up tomorrow and decide I'm going to be free today. You got to wake up the next, you got to wake up on Monday morning, come on, you come in here on Sunday, you got to wake up, this is something for Monday. On Monday morning, you got to wake up and say, today... I'm gonna walk in freedom. Today, I'm gonna to do what God has called me to do. Today, I'm not gonna go back to where I came from, but I'm gonna keep moving forward to where God is taking me. So I want to talk about freedom. Another thing, maybe, maybe you're here today and you're just curious about what Christianity is all about. And maybe you've never, you've never, you know, entered into a relationship with Jesus, you've never given your life to him, and you're sitting here today and you're thinking, well, I'm just kind of checking it out. I'm not really sure what what Christianity's all about, and I don't really get the whole thing, and, and you're asking this question that a lot of us ask uh, at some point in our lives, like, well, what am I allowed to do? If I, if I give my life to Jesus, you know, I see these people, and they're raising their hands, or they're singing, or they seem like they have peace, and it seems like they're happy, and they have joy, so if I give my life to Jesus, but then what am I allowed to do? What am I allowed to do? Or, you're here today and you are a Christian, you are a Jesus follower, and you're still asking the question, what am I allowed to do? What am I allowed to do? Because we, we like to know what we're allowed to do, right? Everything we do, it's like if I go there, what do I need to wear? How how do I need to act? Who do I need to talk to? Do I need to be quiet? Do I need to talk? Do I, you know, you come to church, and it's like, well, I've been at church before and we couldn't talk, and then I walk into this church and he's telling me to talk, like, it doesn't, I don't <laughs> I don't understand what I don't understand what's going on. So, what am I allowed to do? We ask this question all the time. It's familiar to most of us, and what most of us experience when we give our lives to Jesus is this tension between being saved by God's grace and then living and acting the way that you feel like you're supposed to. So we, we hear, well, you're saved by grace through faith. There's nothing that you can do to earn salvation. You just have to receive what Jesus already did for you. Come on, that's good news. That's the gospel. That's the gospel that Jesus died for you and he rose again three days later so that you could have a relationship and you could be right with God. And so all you have to do is receive what Jesus did for you and he comes into your life and he changes you, begins to transform you and you're saved. But there's this tension between I'm saved by grace, but then how am I supposed to act? I'm I'm I've given my life to Jesus, but now what am I supposed to do? What am I like where am I supposed to go from here? Have you ever felt that tension before? I'm I I know I'm following Jesus, but what like but now what am I what am I allowed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I not supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? Where am I not supposed to go? And we fight this tension all the time. And I want everyone, first of all, to understand that God's desire for you is to be free. God, we we, This has been so on my heart that I think I've mentioned it in like every message for the last three months. I don't know how long it's been, but, but Jesus, he says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came, come on, this is Jesus, but I came so that you can have life, but he didn't stop there, dot, dot, dot. I came so that you could have life, dot, 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 but not just life, life to the fullest. Life to the fullest. And so his desire for you is to be free in every area of your life. To be free to to follow him and to worship him and to do what he's called you to do and be free from sin and all of those things. God doesn't desire for you to be bound up in sin or in your past. And in fact, the Bible even says that we are called to freedom. That you and I are called to freedom. And this sounds good and it sounds easy, but here's the thing. Most of us like rigid rules more than we like to admit. Mo- we, don't, we don't always like to obey the rules. Can we just be real for a minute? Can I preach for just a second? We don't like to obey the rules, but most of us like rigid rules more than we let on. I want to know, like, tell me what's okay and what's not okay. What do I need to do and what do I not need to do? Like, give me some, give me like this this narrow thing that I need to walk on. And we like those rigid rules. We don't like to tell people we like rigid rules. And when whenever somebody sets rules, we don't like to obey them. Come on, that's our that's our human nature as kids. Come on, if you've raised kids for five minutes, you know that that's the way human nature is. That we don't like, we don't like. But how many of you know that if the, if the kids didn't have the rules, they would feel lost. They they like them more than they let on, even though they don't want to follow them. It helps them because it keeps things in order and it keeps things in line. And so there's this tension between what am I allowed to do? Tell me what I can do. Tell me what I can't do. The bad stuff is crossing the line. Everything else must be okay. And we like easy answers and easy solutions, but discerning how we're supposed to act is more difficult than that. And so we find ourselves in tension because it's not always just black and white. It's not always just an easy, rigid rule that we think that we like to follow, even though we don't follow them all the time. And hopefully today I'll give you a new perspective on what this looks like in your life. So how do we navigate through this tension. How do we figure out what is allowed, what isn't allowed and and what is all this freedom about in our lives? What is Jesus intending for us? And we're going to read something from the Bible that Paul wrote to a group of people who I believe were struggling with the same question and the same tension. We're okay, this is where we are. So tell us what we need to do, what we what we don't need to do. Tell us tell us how we can be be free from from sin and how we can quit going back to all of this stuff, and it's the same things that many of us struggle with, and we're going to start, it's in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to read about 5 or 6 verses, and then talk about it and apply it to our lives today, but we're going to start in verse 13, and you can follow along on the screen behind me, it says, my brothers and sisters, you were chosen to be free, come on, that's good news for somebody, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to live in sin, instead serve one another in love. The whole law can be found in a single command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You must not keep on biting each other. Come on, you ever been bitten by somebody? I'm not talking about by their teeth. I'm talking about by their words or by their actions. And Paul says, quit biting each other. (laughs) Quit talking bad about each other. Quit putting each other down so that you can feel better. Come on, I'm going to preach for just some moment. That's what it's all rooted in anyway. I won't feel better about me, so I'm going to bite you in the process. If I can make you look a little bit less than what everybody thinks you are, then maybe it will make me look like a little bit more than what everybody thinks that I am. You must not keep on biting each other. You must not keep eating each other up. Watch out. You might destroy each other. So I say to you, live by the Holy Spirit's power. Then you will not do what your sinful nature wants you to do. The sinful nature does not want what the spirit delights in, and the spirit does not want what the sinful nature delights in. The two are at war with each other. That's what makes you do what you don't want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the authority of the law. So maybe you're sitting here thinking, okay, Pastor Gabe, (laughs) I understand that freedom is mine through Jesus. But how do I quit doing the things that I don't want to do and start doing the things I want to do? I okay, you've made your point. I'm supposed to be free. I'm supposed to live in freedom. So how how do I stop doing what I don't want to do and start doing what I know I want to do and what I ought to do and what is better for my life? Here's I got I got two points for you today. That's it. We're going to talk about each one a little bit, but you can write the first one down. Come on, if you don't take notes, I encourage you to take notes. You might need to look back at this at a later point in your life and think, what did we talk about? I I remember we talked about that in church one time. What did the Word of God say about it? So I encourage you to write some stuff down, but here's the first one. Stop living not to do something. (laughs) Sounds a little contradictory. Stop living not to do something. How many of you have ever been so focused on what you didn't want to do that you ended up doing it? Stop living not to do something. Well, I can't do that, 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 can't do that. And what are you going to end up doing? Doing it. Because you're so focused on the thing... That you don't feel like you're supposed to be doing, and you end up doing it anyway. This is what Galatians 5, 14, we just read. It says the whole law can be found in a single command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. In, in other places in the Bible, Jesus, he tells us that we need to love God with all our heart and love our neighbor as ourself. So, in other words, here's what this is saying, and you can write this down. This is, this is Jesus' message to you and I. Love God, love people. Love God and love people. And you think, well, that seems simple. Yeah. <laughs> love God and love people. But how many of you know that's harder to do than it is to say? To love God and love people. And we might there might be some of us, we're okay with loving God. But we're not so okay with loving people because people get on my nerves. And people stab me in the back. And people gossip about me and start rumors about me. And people people do things that I don't like. So I'm going to love God, but I struggle a little bit with loving people. And let me tell you why this is significant. You ever thought about the Ten Commandments? You ever thought about the Ten Commandments? And, and just to name a few off, don't kill, don't steal. I know I'm just, this is, you know, it, it's longer than that, but this is the gist of it, all right? So don't don't throw stones at me. Don't kill, don't steal, don't want what somebody else has. Don't lie, honor your mother and father. I mean, you, you think about the list of the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses in the Old Testament. And then if we're focused on what you're you're not supposed to do, a lot of times it makes you want to do it. You ever been there? I'm so focused on what I don't need to do that it ends up making me want to do it even more because that's where my focus is. Well, I I shouldn't eat those Oreos. Come on, somebody. But I just sat down and ate one sleeve. (laughs) Come on, if you're like me, I can sit down with a package of Oreos and eat it by myself. And I know that's not good for you, and I've read some things on Oreos, and you're not supposed to eat Oreos, but bless God, they're so good. But I know, like, don't eat the Oreos, don't eat the Oreos on a diet. Don't eat the Oreos, 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 Oreos. and you do that long enough, and you're like, I can't Can't eat the Oreos. (laughs) And next thing you know, you find yourself up at midnight eating some Oreos, Right? (laughs) Because your focus was so much on the thing that you didn't want to do. I don't want to do that. 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 I'm not supposed to do that. And then you end up giving in at some point, and you end up doing it anyway. Why? I I shouldn't buy that house because I really can't afford it, but I want to. Oh, don't buy the house. Don't buy the house. Don't buy the house. Don't buy the house. Don't buy... Don't buy that for my kids because we really can't afford it. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't really need the new phone, but the new phone came out. And, oh, I know I'm going to go into debt, and I don't really need to go into debt. But, oh, man, it's just so uh, it's awesome, man. They took away the home button, and I don't get all that yet because I don't have the iPhone 10 yet. But <laughs> I just got to try it. You know, facial recognition. I can look at my phone, and it unlocks. I mean, it's like this must be from Jesus. <laughs> and I'm so focused on, yeah, with a prize, give about $1,400. But I'm so focused on what I don't want to do that eventually I end up justifying doing it. Oh, I don't need to do it, don't need to do it, don't need to do it, don't need to do it. Well, it's really not that bad. I mean, we did just just pay off that. So we felt like God said, we felt like, ain't nobody coming back to church next weekend. We felt like. We felt like God said, get out of debt, so we paid that off, but you know, he won't mind if we get the new iPhone, and we just pay on it monthly, you know, I mean, we were already paying it here, and we were surviving, so we'll just, you know, we'll replace that with this, and and we start justifying doing what we originally felt like was not the thing that we needed to do, because we're so focused on what we don't need to do. So think back, what if we flipped it? Think back about the Ten Commandments. If... If you're loving God and loving people, are you going to kill them? If you're loving God and loving people, are you going to lie to somebody when you love them? When when you're loving God and loving people, do you steal from them? If you're loving God and loving people, do you dishonor your parents? Are you get where I'm going with this? See, we've got our we've got our focus and this kind of goes back. There's a message if you haven't if you weren't here last year, we preached a message called the comma and somebody needs to go back and find that on the podcast and just type in the comma and go back and listen to that because we find ourselves so many times on the wrong side of the comma. And we're focused on what we don't need to do, don't need to do, don't need to do, don't need to do, when if we'd get over here and just focus on loving God, if I'm loving God and loving people and that's my focus, then the other is ends up being a byproduct of the fact that I'm so in love with God and so in love with people that I want to reach people for Jesus. And so I'm not going to do... The thing, that's why Jesus said, "Here, here. all of the law can be summed up in this, love me and love people. Love me and love people. Why did he condense it down to those two things? Because that's all you need. If, if you're loving God and loving people, then chances are really good that you're not going to do the other stuff. So he said, focus your attention. Stop focusing on, stop living not to do something. And, and start living to love God and love people. And watch how your actions and your perspective and everything around you begins to shift and change because your focus is now on God, loving him, and on loving the people that are around you. Loving the people that are around you. So when Jesus says that everything in the rule book can be summed up to this, what he's saying is that if you're focused on that, all of the other stuff has a way of, of taking care of itself. And we don't have to focus so much on what we don't need to do. We need to focus more on what we do need to do. And that's love God and love people. Love God and love people and let that drive the decisions that we make. And because of Jesus' new command, we are free from having to follow every one of the detailed laws that are in the Old Testament or that the Jewish people had to follow. But here's what you need to know. Freedom isn't just from Things. It's not from certain behaviors and just from sin, but freedom is also to other better things. So when Jesus sets you free, He's setting you free from something, but He's setting you free to something. So you're free. You're free from the things that are in your past and the things that you've dealt with. Jesus has set you free from those things, but He's also set you free. To those things. Jesus just doesn't want to be want you to be free from things. He also wants to free you to things. And so here's my second point. You gotta stop stop focusing your life. Stop living not to do something. And here's number two you gotta give up control. You gotta give up control. Come on, somebody say give up control. You just need to get it in your heart. Give up control. Come on, say it again like you mean it. Give up control. You got to give up control. We read here in verse 16, Galatians 5:16. So I say, live by the Holy Spirit's power, then you will not do what your sinful nature wants you to do. That's good news. So if you're here today and you've been asking the question, well, how do I how do I stop doing the things that I don't want to do and, and and I don't really understand it? And Jesus says, "Hey, love God and love people and then give away control of your life." Love God and love people and give away control of your life. Give up control. Two phrases that we use in church a lot. If you've grown up in church, if you haven't grown up in church, you may not have ever heard this before. And this will be brand new to you. But if you've grown up in church, you've probably heard the phrases living by the spirit and living by the flesh. Living by the spirit and living by the flesh. And so I want to help us understand these two terms before we move on. What does does flesh mean? Here's a, a pretty good definition. It's the sinful human nature that every person, saved and unsaved, possesses. So even if you're saved, you still have fleshly nature. There's still, you know, they're, they're, you still have to be intentional. Another way of putting it is this is our nature that is bent toward evil. It's the thing, it's the thing in you that, that wants to justify doing what you know you shouldn't do. That's, that's the flesh. Well, I know that I shouldn't eat that, but I want to anyway. Well, I know that I should be spending more time praying, and I really should be fasting while they're fasting, and I really should be doing all this, but I'm going to justify not doing it because I have this nature that is bent toward evil. It's bent toward evil. Now, on the flip side of that, what does living by the Spirit mean? Here's what I think. It's living moment by moment, trusting in the Holy Spirit rather than in yourself. So let's think about it this way. Spirit and flesh basically are two different conditions that humans can be in. So you're either living by what you want to do or you're living by what God wants you to do. You're either living by the flesh, which is living by my desires, what I want, what I, I'm gonna get, what I want, I'm gonna do, what I want to do. I'm, gonna, I'm in control of my own life, or you're living by the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has control of your life, and you're living every moment thinking, you know, God, what would, what would, what is the wise thing to do in this decision? What's my best yes? Do I need to go there? Do I need to do that? Like, where would you have me go? And that's why, that's why it's not always just so black and white. Sometimes it's situational. Sometimes, sometimes God wants you, come on, Jesus, Jesus hung out with people that nobody wanted to hang out with. Because God told him to. Not because he wanted to. Not because, well, I like what they're doing and that seems more fun than what I'm doing and so I'm going to go hang out with them. No, that's what, that's where the Holy Spirit led him. And so sometimes when, when, when you find yourself in a situation, it's because you put yourself there and God didn't intend for you to be there. But sometimes God wants you there so that you can be a light in the darkness. And so you gotta be, you gotta be living by come on, you're either living by the flesh, by what you want, or you're living by what God wants, by the Spirit. It's two different conditions that humans can be in. And one huge key to living your life in freedom is allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. And last week we talked about how. The Holy Spirit is our helper. That was one of our points last week if you were here or if you listened to the podcast or watched it online. You, you know, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is our helper. He helps us know what to say. He helps us know what not to say. He helps us know what to do. He helps us in our lives. And when you give up control of your own life is when he can help you. You can, you can have control or he can have control and can I just tell you that it always works better and I dare you to try it I dare you to try it try it for six months and come back to me and tell me that living the way the Holy Spirit is leading you to live is not better than the way that you had it all planned out I dare you I dare you it's always better to give away control of your life to God to the Holy Spirit so that he can lead you where you're supposed to go because he knows what's best. He knows what's best. I think we have this. Do we have that picture on the screen? Everybody, everybody knows what this is, right? I'm going to try to help you understand this better. This is a yield sign. This is a yield sign. Now, how many of you know when you're driving, yield signs are pretty important? And if you don't pay attention to a yield sign, uh, you might end up in some danger. Yield signs are very important. Does anybody remember driver's ed? Anybody? If we went around the room today, we all probably have some pretty interesting stories that we could tell about when we were in driver's ed. Well, I remember, yeah, it wasn't me, but when the other person was driving, you know, I had a hold of the, I call it the oh crap handle. (laughs) While we're driving down the road, because they, you know, it was, it was it was crazy and we could all go around and we could tell these stories about, well, I remember when I was in Driver's Ed. And I remember when this happened. And, I, and maybe it wasn't even Driver's Ed. Maybe it was it was last week. <laughs> and you're with your spouse and I know it wasn't you driving, it was your spouse driving. I I, I get that. But you thought, "Dear Lord, we're going to die in this vehicle." <laughs> have you ever have you ever just blown right through a yield sign and then looked and then after the fact looked around and was like, "Well, thank God nobody was coming." <laughs> Like I didn't even I didn't even pay attention. I was on my phone, I was texting, come on somebody. Texting on my phone, doing something something crazy, and I just flew right through it and I thought, "Man, Lord, you protected me through that." But what do yield signs do? This is what they do. They let you know that you need to give preference to the other cars on the road. So when you're coming up to a yield sign, that yield sign means You don't have the right of way. They do. And you need to wait until they go by before you pull out onto the road. Are you with me? Basically, if another car is coming, they have the right of way. And we could say it like this. It's their road, and I'm just entering into it. A yield sign means that it's their road, and I'm just entering into it. It's not my road. It's their road, and I'm just trying to merge onto their road. That's what a yield sign means. And this is what it means to give up control and live by the Spirit. It means it's us saying, God, you tell me what to do with my life. You tell me where to go. You tell me what to say. You help me know the decision that I need to make in this area. It's, it's pulling up to the yield sign and saying, God, this is your road and I'm just getting on it. This is your road, and I'm just getting on it. And until you go by, and until you move, and until you show me what to do, then I'm not going. Because it's not, it's not my road, and if I just pull out and start doing that thing, then I end up in danger. Because I didn't pay attention to the yield sign before I entered into... This road And and Paul goes on in verse 17, and this is what he says, Galatians 5, 17. He says, the sinful nature does not want what the spirit delights in, and the spirit does not want what the sinful nature delights in. The two are at war with each other. That's what makes you do what you don't want to do. Have you ever heard the saying, just follow your heart? That's terrible advice. (laughs) And if you've given that advice, I apologize. You may hate me now. But telling somebody to follow their heart, I I don't agree with that. And here's why I don't agree with that. Because even in the Bible, it says that the heart is more deceitful than all other things. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you to follow the thing that is more deceitful than anything else. Just follow your, you know, well, just follow your heart. Do you really like him? Just follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. (laughs) Follow what you see. (laughs) Don't follow. Don't follow your heart. Because your heart can be deceived. Because in the moment, you feel like, well, they're the only person on planet earth and they're the person for me and that's where my heart, I'm just going to follow my heart. I'm going to follow my heart. No, don't follow your heart. Because your heart doesn't know what you need. (laughs) Your heart is deceitful. It's deceitful. I think that's, it's, it's terrible <laughs> advice. And this is where the tension comes in. And we have to make the decision. Am I going to follow what I want to do? Or am I going to follow where God's leading me? Am I going to go where I want to go? Or am I going to follow where God wants me to go? And there's a tension there. I've given my life to Jesus, but help me understand. Like there's a tension. I don't know. Like what? What should I do? What should I not do? Here's what you should do. Stop living to not do something, and give up control of your life because we don't know how to control our lives anyway. We think we do, and we like to be in control. But it's just like at the beginning when I had you look at that person to your left and I said, tell them, you're a control freak. We're control freaks. Like I want, I want to do what I want to do and I know what's best and this is the decision that I need to make and this is where we're going and all of that. And a lot of times we don't involve God, we don't involve the Holy Spirit, we don't involve any any, any guidance from our Heavenly Father before we step into something. So exercising our freedom not only means freedom from sin or from addiction or from bad habits, but it also means submitting our lives to the Holy Spirit. I want to bring the worship team back up. And I want you to think for just a moment. I want you to think for just a moment. What could your life, what could your marriage, what could your parenting, what could your relationships and all the other things that you can think of in your life, what what could they look like? if you gave up control of those things to the person who knows what's best for you what will you stand with me today what what could all these areas of your life what could your relationships what could your marriage what could your 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 parenting what could all these things look like if you made the decision today i i can't be in control because when I'm in control, I do things that I don't want to do, and I end up places that I don't want to end up, and I don't know, and I, and I don't do the things that I want to do, because it's because you're in control. But when you give up control, now the Holy Spirit can lead you where you need to be, and what you need to do, and what you need to say, and, and into all, all truth like we talked about last week. Why would I perform surgery on myself when there's a doctor who knows better? Come on, I was recently, this has just been a few months ago, I was at the doctor's office and he was telling me a story about a guy who did surgery on himself, just drove, just drove to the, he was a doctor himself and he thought, well, you know, I just, I know how to do this and so I'm going to do it. And let me tell you, it didn't end up so well. Because when we try to do surgery on ourselves, why would we do surgery on ourselves when we can go to the doctor who knows better what we need? Why would we try to do things ourselves when we have somebody that we can go to who knows what we need? And it starts with believing. Do you believe that he knows what you need? And if you believe that he knows what you need, why do we not go to him for what we need? Why do we try to do it ourselves and then put ourselves in situations and we think, well, the enemy put me here. No, you made a bad decision. You just made a bad decision. You just did something that you shouldn't have done, and if you'd have been more focused on loving God and loving people and and, and giving up control of your life to God, then you may not have found yourself where you find yourself. The good news is you don't have to stay there, though. Why would I try to control my life when there's someone else who knows best? Just, just let that sink in for a minute and ask yourself that: why would I try to control my life when I believe that there's a God who knows better? Why do, why do we do that? Why do we try to control what we do when there's a God who knows better? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for what you're doing in this moment in this moment right now God, i want to ask this question and we're going to pray a prayer just here in a moment and but if if you've never received jesus into your life and your first step today is you know i just need to give my life to jesus i feel like this is my moment feel like this is what i'm supposed to do i want to lead you i want to lead you in a prayer and let's all pray this prayer together just in Support of everyone who's making this decision for the first time in their lives. Come on, just say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I admit I'm a sinner and I need you in my life. I receive your forgiveness today. Help me to live for you. And today, I give up control of my life to you. And I ask you to lead me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time today? What an incredible, incredible moment. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing one final song. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. And I encourage you, if you need prayer for any, we we love to pray with you. We love to pray with you. There's nothing weird that happens when when people come for prayer. We just love to be able to agree with you and encourage you and pray for you. And so I encourage you today, if you need prayer for anything in your life, as we begin to sing, the worship team begins to sing this last song, you can just step out of your seat, come down for prayer. We would love to encourage you and, and, and agree with you and pray even when you don't feel like you can pray. Amen? Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.